0: Chapter Seventeen of Remodeled Farmhouses by Mary H. Northland. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Cynthia Moyer. Chapter Seventeen, The Kate Douglas Wigan House. There is one thing that should be carefully considered in buying an old farmhouse, that is character in order to obtain this distinct points should be sought after and brought out these can be accentuated not only in the house but also in its surroundings the garden the trees and the shrubbery even the defining wall or fence does its part in making a good or bad impression on the casual passer-by one must remember, in dealing with subjects of this sort, that the term farmhouses is a varying one. These range from small, insignificant little dwellings to the more elaborate houses that were built primarily for comfort as well as shelter. There are many large, substantial dwellings, not of the earlier type, for they were erected much later, but which illustrate the progression of the farmhouse design. One looks in houses such as these for larger rooms, higher stud, and more up-to-date ideas. The fireplaces are smaller and more ornate, for it must be remembered that as time passed on money circulated more freely through the colonies, allowing for more extensive work and better finished details. While it is not necessary to copy the colonial wall hangings, yet in the older houses it is much more satisfactory. Still one can depart from this custom in a more elaborate house and use his own taste in selecting an attractive modern paper. Many people consider that houses restored, no matter of what period, should invariably have carefully consistent interior finish, without realization that it is sometimes better to look for character than type. The old-time wallpapers, More especially the picturesque ones were generally used in more expensive houses, although we find them here and there in the more simple ones. Often this feature of the interior decoration is not well carried out, the wall hangings being chosen for cheapness rather than merit. Today there is on the market such a great variety of papers that it is a very easy matter to get one suitable for any certain room and suggesting good taste. Many of them are reproductions of old motives, while others are plain and simple in character, giving to the room a quiet effect and providing a good background for pictures and hangings. There is nothing more restful in character than the soft grays. They are effective as a setting for stronger colors that can be used in the curtains, for this part of a room finish is as important as the wall hangings themselves. There is an indescribable charm to a room that has been carefully planned and shows good taste and restful surroundings. In many houses Some decorative scheme has been introduced which necessitates a particular kind of wall hanging, and even though it may be most unusual in type, it illustrates a motive that has been in the mind of the owner. Houses would lack character if the same line of interior decoration were carried out in all of them. With a high wainscot and cornice painted ivory white comparatively little paper is needed which reduces the cost and permits a better paper than if the room had a simple mop-board and a tiny moulding papers that are garish and discordant in themselves if skilfully handled can produce harmonious effects for it is often the unusual wall hangings that attract most. In curtaining these rooms, let the same main tone be reproduced. This need not apply to every detail, but to the general tone. Many people are timid in the use of odd wallpapers or curtains. They are afraid that they may look bizarre, but they should remember that color is in reality a very powerful agent in making an artistic home it is sometimes effective to treat a house as a whole and then again it is better that each room should have its own individuality very few houses but have at least one corner that offers interesting opportunities and it is the artistic treatment of this that helps out the harmony of the room. There is a charming atmosphere surrounding Quillcote, the home of Kate Douglas Wiggin at Hollis, Maine, where Mrs. Riggs spends three months of the year. It may be that the quietness of the place lends to it additional charm, and then again it may possibly be the result of its environment. The house itself is typical of the better class of New England farmhouses, and since it has come into Mrs. Riggs's possession, many alterations have been made until today it is one of the most attractive farmhouses to be found anywhere. Two stories and a half in height, with a slant to the roof, it stands back from the road on a slight elevation with a surrounding of lawns and overshadowed by century-old elms today its weather-beaten sides have been renovated by a coat of white paint while the blinds have been painted green a touch of picturesqueness has been secured through the introduction of a window-box over the porch bright all through the season with blossoming flowers There is no attempt at floriculture, the owner preferring to maintain the rural simplicity of a farmhouse devoid of flowers, and only relieved by the shrubbery planted around the building. When the house was first purchased, it was not in a dilapidated condition, having been lived in by townspeople and kept in good repair. The work of remodeling has been done by the people of the village, and it has been superintended by the owner of the house, in order that her own ideas, not only in remodeling, but in decorating, should be exactly carried out. The old shed is now used as the service department, a wide veranda having been built at one side for a servant's outdoor sitting-room at the rear of the house is the old barn which today is used for a study and for entertainment purposes entrance to the house is through a colonial door with a fan light on either side the owner has preferred to keep this in its original state rather than add a porch of the colonial type the only porch that has been added to the house Is a latticed circular one at the side door. The entrance hall is long and narrow, the staircase also being narrow and built at one side in order to save space. The colonial idea has been carried out here in the wainscot, and the ornamentation of hand carving on the stairs shows it was done by a stair builder and not by an ordinary mechanic. The lighting is from a lantern which carries out the general effect. The wall hanging is in colonial colors, yellow and white, while the rugs are the old woven rag carpets, which are repeated for stair covering. The balusters are very simple in design, while the balustrade has been painted white, thus showing it is not of mahogany. At the right, is the dining-room a bright sunny room that has been uniquely planned to occupy the front of the house instead of the rear as is more usual it is a large square room in which little or no alteration has been made and which has been treated so as to make an effective setting to the rare old colonial furniture the size of the dining room has been considered in reference to the furniture this being one reason why mrs riggs has chosen this large square room in order to correctly place her old mahogany pieces the decorations are very simple and follow out the idea of colonial days there being no pieces that are not in actual use The walls are hung in shades of yellow and brown, and she has been most successful in carrying out her color scheme. The home study, or den, leads from the dining-room and has been carefully planned with an idea of restfulness. A chamber at one end has been converted into an alcove, and additional light is obtained By cutting a group of casement windows over the writing table. The room is very simply furnished and shows marked originality. The walls are papered with woodland scenes, for it was a fad of the occupant to bring into the house by wall hangings suggestions of the outside world. While it is unique, it has a distinctly restful influence and is in tone with the fireplace, which has been decorated with unusual features, and which bears the name Quilcoat. The draperies in this room are original in treatment, being decorated to order by a noted artist who has introduced his signature in some part of the work. They are ornamented with original designs suggestive of farm life with such subjects as wheat, apples, or corn, and are covered with delicate traceries of rushes or climbing vines. The fireplace has, for andirons, black owls, and on either side stand altar candles. In the furnishing of the room everything has been chosen with an eye to restful effects. The owner has done away with the pure colonial idea, using the mission type, and considering comfort more than conventionality. Opposite the dining room, at the front of the house, is the living room, where further originality is found in furnishings and in scenes from nature introduced in the unique wall hangings. This room is in blue and white the wallpaper being delft blue with a rush design over which hover gulls singularly enough the idea is very pleasing the hangings are of white muslin with blue over curtains while the furniture is a mixture of colonial and modern pieces an ingle nook has been obtained through the introduction of a built-in window seat which is covered with blue to match the tone of the paper the furniture is all painted white and the white fur rugs laid upon the blue floor covering give a charming effect the decoration and furnishing of this room is quiet and restful for those two ideas form the basis of the owner's scheme which she had in mind long before she took this house and while she lived in the old family mansion that stands just across the way it is a comfortable livable room and not used for state occasions alone but for everyday needs just beyond is the sitting room in which an entirely different idea is presented here the china fad is evidenced in the ornamentation of priceless old plates that have been collected by the owner's sister miss nora smith and arranged according to her taste this room is a typical colonial room and the furniture shown is all of that period even to a spinning wheel which gives an old-time effect from this room one passes through a door onto the rear porch, from which fine views are obtained of the little old-fashioned garden, the pine grove opposite the house, and the winding road. The second story shows large square chambers which have been carefully planned, each following out a distinct color scheme. In one of these rooms, There is a combination of lavender, white, and green, shown in wall hangings, curtains, and furnishings. The canopied field bed, with its lavender and white spread, has been painted white. Over it has been draped a white muslin canopy. The walls are in light green and show no pictures save that of a Madonna and child, suggestive of the author's love of children on the mantel are several very rare pieces of staffordshire many of which cannot be duplicated the furniture has been painted white with the exception of two chairs which have been treated to a coat of green another room showing wainscot and a quiet yellow and white colonial paper has a field bed With white spread and white muslin canopy. Here the colonial idea in furnishing has been strictly carried out. An original and yet artistic room has its walls entirely covered with a dainty cretonne, the bed covering and hangings being of the same material. The most interesting idea in remodeling is presented by the old barn which has been converted into a large music room or hall with a rustic platform at one end here a new floor has been laid many windows inserted and a few old-time settles placed constructed of weathered wood toned by time to an almost silvery hue nothing else has been changed the ancient rafters and walls remain as they were a century ago the hall is lighted by many lanterns hanging from ceiling and harness pegs also by curious japanese lanterns painted especially for mrs wiggin and bearing the name of the artist the lanterns hung from overhead greatly relieve the sombre effect of the heavy beams at the rear of the hall a broad door space makes a frame for a pretty picture a field of buttercups and daisies a distant house and two arching elms a large closet once the harness room is fitted up with shelves and contains all the necessary china for a spread such as is given to the village folk several times a year when dances are held in the old barn. End of chapter 17